everyone. Welcome back to Reality 2.0. I am Katherine Druckmann. Doc Searles and I are talking again to Kyle Rankin because we love talking to Kyle Rankin and we'll <laughs> take any excuse we can. And we're going to talk about tech publishing, which is something near and dear to all of our hearts. But uh, before we start, I would like to remind everyone to visit our website. I know you've heard this a hundred times by now, actually 143 or something. Hmm. Uh, but please visit our website at reality2cast. That is the number two in the URL, reality2cast.com. You can find all, all of our links and sign up for the newsletter. Maybe we'll send one. <laughs> <laughs> we promise uh, so, to keep sending them. I know. We, we will, though. I actually started. I'm on one right now. but I've, Okay, I've there we go. Uh, so, yeah. So, so Kyle's pu- self-publishing a tech book. And it's a pretty cool story. So you know what? I, I'm not even going to tease it. I think Kyle just go into it. All right, all right. How, first of all, how, how did this start? Start at the beginning. Okay, so this very good. The place begin. To start. The beginning is at the end of Linux Journal, right? So this okay. started 2019. Yeah, this started yeah. when Linux Journal ended. Linux Journal ended, and I think all of us. One of the main questions that we all got, I know I had tons of emails about this, is what's hap- what's going to happen to the website? What's going to happen to all of the stories, all the articles, all that, you know, all of that content that's on Linux Journal, what's going to happen to it? And people are offering to host it and all of these other things. Um, so that's sort of the beginning. And I back then I realized, you know, that's a good question. I don't know what's going to happen to it long term. But beyond that, I know I personally have Ton, I mean, beyond the fact that I have just like have put a lot of work into the articles I wrote there, when you um, when you write a column every month giving a tech tip over the course of you know a decade almost, you it's almost like a a bib, an autobiography of your uh, technical life in a way. It's like you you just mm. after the first year or so of I already have planned what I want to write about, then you're you, it ends up becoming well this. This last month, I worked on this thing, and here's how it works. And you're sort of documenting all this stuff. Well, because it was things I was doing for myself, it's incredibly, it was all very useful for me. <laughs> like, I I probably read my own writing more than anybody else. I'm always, because I, I need to remember how to do something. And I think, oh, wait, I actually wrote about how to do that in Linux Journal 2009, April. In 2014. Yeah, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, so right when that right um at that point i was thinking you know i think i probably have a book's worth of um of articles just on system administration stuff just on that Mm. topic alone because that and that was the topic that i found myself referring to the most um and i mean to the point that i started you know i started collecting things up i proposed it to a publisher we actually got pretty far in the process i mean to the point of really starting to lay it out and everything and it, it just got to the point where when you think about what this is, it, it, would, it was a collection of articles from a number of different eras written as though they were articles um, and in some sort of common topical, you know, it was organized, but it's still a series of articles. And like a traditional tech publisher, it's, they're not necess- they don't necessarily know what to do with that, I guess. You know, it's, it's sort of an oddball kind of book to to publish um, when they're used to having sort of um, something that from start to finish is designed to sort of fit together very neatly, I guess. So anyway, um, that that just sort of that project was just sort of put on pause or canceled. Um, and it just sort of sat on a shelf for a little bit. And then uh, recently, uh, I was actually went to scale 
Uh, I know Catherine, you went to scale as well. Yeah. And I, I mean, there. part of maybe part of this was just we were walking around with Sean's giant head on a stick. Um, mm -hmm. But we just I know I don't I know that you probably did too. had people walk up to us and talk about, oh, hey, I, you know, I remember Linux Journal and I love the section. I such. really miss it. I really it. miss I, it. Such good writing. The only thing I read regularly, I heard that. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, I had some. Great yeah, I had someone. I had someone stop me and say, "I have all of all of the physical issues that we made a move across the country or something, and that was like a major effort to put them all in boxes and ship them." But I had to do it, and the guy was with his wife who like nodded, like, "Yeah, it was it was a whole thing." Yeah, he you did know? it. <laughs> uh, right. It's about a hundred pounds of magazines. Yeah, it really it's is. Yeah, and so. I have an incomplete pile, but a big, pretty big pile. Uh, I don't have a very big pile. So, so this was probably what, and I guess it was like the beginning of March, you know, about a month ago, actually. Um, mm -hmm. So I left scale just sort of supercharged and energized about my writing. You know, like, I want to get back into this. Like, mm -hmm. I, those were really good articles and everything. And, and so, and again, I'm, I find myself referencing them all the time, but I know where they are. And I, because some, the great thing about Linux is that so many things are so many of those things are still relevant even a 15 year in some cases 15 years later the information still works you know um so i came back from that really sort of motivated to do something with this material and so the, i realized you know i already did the tried the traditional publishing route which i've done a, a bunch of times but i said you know what i just want this information to get out there i'm going to do sort of a a pilot test run of making this a self-published thing uh, what would that be like you know what is even an option out there so i sort of put it out there is like is there is amazon really the only game in town for that or are there other platforms where where you can get an actual physical book because i love you know physical books i like that's how i like to read even technical books so um i look around and actually i put it out to social media and someone came back with well have you considered lulu like i I didn't even know anything about them. And so I looked that up and it's a, basically it's, it's, I'm sure there's plenty of other platforms as well, but it's a self-publishing platform, but they have distribution with Amazon and Barnes and Noble and all of those places as well as their own distribution. And so I'm like, oh wait, okay. So there is a platform for this. And so I, once, once I decided, okay, I'm going, I'm going for it. I'm going to try to self-publish a book. Uh, I've, created an account and started through the process and pretty early on in the process it goes okay upload your formatted pdf ready to go <laughs> so i say okay this is like weekend one right so weekend one create an account um, log in start the project generate an isbn and then it says okay uh, upload the book like oh okay i need a i need a format professionally formatted uh, pdf and so, and I, cause, because the, here's the other thing is the content was written, right? And I even had it already mm -hmm. in many cases organized into chapters and everything because I was already sort of pre-preparing this um, before for a different publisher, but, but all in text, right? And so I, um, I looked and realized, okay, well now I need to figure out how to format this. Well, they provide some tools, they provide some templates. Like every publisher has a different type of template that they give you. You write the the document in whatever you want or in their template. And then it's usually like a word template, but it's been, I've used all kinds of things over the years from publishers. And they allow you to say, this is a header, this is a paragraph, this is a code block, this is a quote or a note or whatever. All the things that you see inside of a book, they have ways that you can mark it up. So um, Lulu does as well. They, they provide a like an Adobe InDesign template. 
and a word template that you can use. I tried to import the word template into LibreOffice and it was not happy, um, as you might expect. Mm. Uh, and I yeah. don't have Adobe InDesign, but it turns out that uh, this uh, free software program, Scribus, uh, does, can yeah. import it. And that. it's a popular, you know, a lot of people, I suppose, use that for layout and things like that. I'd never really used it before. I think we used to use that for eBooks, actually. At oh, interesting. Yeah. So, so it's, you know, I was like, okay, it can import this, um, this InDesign document. So now I'm sitting at a crossroads. I realize I need to lay out a book and generate a high quality uh, PDF that looks, you know, I don't want it to look cheap or I want it to look like a professional book because it is a professional book. And so um, I'm, I'm sort of at this crossroads. I can either, I have to climb a learning curve of some kind. I can either learn Scribus and how to use this, this particular template, or I can learn LaTeX. And so, you know, for those listeners who aren't familiar, LaTeX is a, you know, a document formatting language that's text-based that's been used for academic uh, formatting forever, you know, and it's, it's based on the tech language that Donald Knuth um, came up with. Uh, and so it's been extended, but it's been used for academic papers and all kinds of books and all kinds of things for a long time. And so I, I, when I was at this crossroads, I looked and said, well, I wonder if there's, are there are any good book templates uh, that I could use for a tech book at, uh, for law tech? Because there's no way, I already had to climb the learning curve of learning the syntax. I wasn't about to try to create my own book format from scratch, I didn't think. And I did a couple of searches, found a really good one to start things off of that looked really nice. It looked how it should. And yeah, I took a crash course and I decided that weekend, okay, I'm going, if I have to learn one of these two, one of them lets me do it all in Vim, LaTeX. And so that's what I'm going to do. Instead of using my mouse, I can just sit, do it all in Vim, which I'm comfortable with. And so that weekend I taught myself LaTeX um, and enough to start formatting this book. And I guess this was a couple of weeks back at this point now. And now I'm at the point where, um, so formatted everything and went through a lot of iterations of generating PDFs and a lot of learning, uh, a lot of figuring out how to make things look right. But it also helped that I had this background in tech publishing already. I already knew what needed to be done and how books were formatted. Um, just not to this level where you have to concern yourselves with things like gutters, which is the, the, the margin in the middle of a book. And it has to be different sizes depending on the thickness of the book, because physically the book, when you open a thick book there, you need a bigger margin than oh, a, yeah, than a thinner book. The yeah. Um, and that's called gutter. And so I had to think about all of that sort of thing. And, um, anyway, yeah. So I went through all of that process of the last couple of weeks, um, and, and got things formatted, had things looking. And what I was really pleased with is that the output was really high quality. I was very impressed with what this particular LaTeX template could do and what LaTeX could do as well, just in general, uh, the kinds, the quality of document that it could produce. Um, yeah, and so uh, just long story short, as far as that part goes, I went through, uh, formatted everything, uploaded it, it looked good, went through some cover design and at this point in the process, we are, I have ordered some page proofs. I'm, I'm iterating through page, actual physical page proofs. Um, and it's, uh, it's on its way, basically. The moment that I get the final page proof and say, yeah, this looks good. I want, I think people uh, will like this and it's, it's worth, you know, buying and everything. Then we will launch. So, so there's an important piece of 
of uh, relevant trivia here, which is that, do you know who started Lulu, the publisher? I don't, no. Bob Young. Really? Get out. Bob Young of <laughs> Red Hat. Get out, Show. full circle. And Bob Young, who not only started, not only did Red Hat, but his first job in the Linux world was the first editor-in-chief of Linux Journal. <laughs> and, uh, and he has told me that, in fact, Phil Hughes taught him Linux in the first place. Uh, and he didn't even know how to spell it before he started with Linux Journal and then left it after like two months in 1994 because he realized that he wanted to start Red Hat. Wow. <laughs> so, so there Smart. is, so <laughs> Probably. That, is, that is deeply cool. <laughs> and, wow. Uh, okay. Yeah. My head just exploded. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. can't see yeah. it, fortunately. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> um, wow. I can't, I, I didn't, I, now it's funny now that you say that, that almost sounds familiar. And I think maybe you've actually mentioned that in the past because we, in the context of talking about God Young or somebody, that's, that's, that's wild. Anyway. Wow. So uh, just really quickly, I've been saying it in my head latex this whole time is that not right uh i was thinking it was like rubber yeah uh, my understanding is and i've the the at least the nerds that uh i've spoken in in real life to say always listen to say latex and if you look it up they will say oh, latex okay. um but huh. it, it is spelled like latex uh yeah. but yeah i've, I've always heard so it i've it heard up, it latex like and i figure if someone's going to the trouble of pronouncing it that way that's probably mm -hmm. <laughs> That's probably yeah. They probably there's, there's probably a reason, reason like that someone somewhere said no. That's yeah. the right way, you know. And it's also it's because it's a document formatting language. If you see it in print, it's it's printed with like superscripts and subscripts and things like that in the mm -hmm. way that it formats yeah. the text, almost like to show off that it it's document mm -hmm. formatting language. Yeah. So just kind of to back up just a little bit, you've you've previously written a dozen books. Let's say. Like I think recently I did a, a fresh count, um, and it's it's been ten that I'm the author of. I'll put it that way. Oh, okay. like, but you've been wow. involved in others, so you you have you have a lot of experience with tech books. But this is like I, I want to talk about a little bit about the differences. Like for first of all, I mean, when you go into a project like this, obviously the fact that you've had so many books under your belt is is a great help, but. How, what, what was different about this? What, what was the sort of like you you know what you're doing? You know how to write a book. You know all all of that that stuff is is totally fine. But you're looking at um, a cliff a little bit, and you're at the bottom, and up at the top is a published book. What was what was the most difficult part for you? I think probably the most difficult part was one sort of climbing the specific LaTeX learning curve and and that plus the difference that comes from formatting a book for print publication versus formatting a book to submit to the, a publisher who's then going to hand it over to someone specifically focused on document layout. So for example, with a book public, like a lot of the work is the same um, from the beginning. Like you're, you're marking up text, essentially. You're saying, this is a header. This is the section header level two. Um, this is a code block. And like little things, like if you look at tech books, there's a lot of little details that your brain notices that maybe you don't notice necessarily. Like for example, um, and all these, there's all kinds of style guides for tech books, but for instance, in within a code block, um, the thing that you are, if, if you are intended to type something, it's usually bold. Um, and then within that bold text that you're typing, for example, like a command line example, code example, where you type a command and you get output and they're showing it in the book. 
the thing you type is typically bolded. And then if part of what you're typing is variable, which means like you're giving, you say foo, or you say, you know, some sort of um, replace this with whatever you want it to be, that's a bold and italic. But then the output is neither bold nor italic, but it's all in a, a code block that is monospaced and all of that stuff, right? All of those things are things that you deal with, even when you're, you know, working with a, a regular publisher with yeah. their, their template. Um, you mark all of that stuff up and you label everything. But there's all this extra stuff that you have to do that they typically would do for you, which is like part of it was we were talking about the gutter and those page margins. They deal with all of that. Uh, you know, that's that's part of it is they deal with all of that. Also, their template typically deals with um, generating the table of contents for you and making sure that looks good. And the index is another big part of it. So for example, table of contents, fortunately, my LaTeX template handled that for me uh, by letting it know that this was a chapter, a new chapter, and here's the name of the chapter. Um, and this is a section, and here's the name of that. It, uh, there are ways to mark up things that it generated the table of contents for me and made it look great. Uh, I was really pleased with how this, again, a lot of this was magic done by this book template that I used. But there's also, you know, a tech book has an index. That was an extra step that traditionally you would hire a professional indexer to go through the book, or the publisher does, who goes through the book and they, uh, they know how to, you know, what's relevant and how to index things and what needs to be uh, added to the index. I didn't do that for this book. Um, I might consider it for, for future books, but in this book, I took a hand at indexing it myself, which... And LaTeX means that there's a, when you find a section that you want to add to the index, there's a little tag you essentially use. Um, and then there's a tool that then it reads through your book and generates all that indexing and generates an in, and, wow. and plants an index at the end. So probably the hardest part was just to get everything just right. Um, it was, you know, the out of the box, the template did looked great, but there were certain things I wanted to do. Like I wanted to have a note block that, all of the tech publishers I've worked with have some form of this where you want to give a note to the reader and it's almost like a block block quote text, but it's not really. Um, the template I was using didn't have that feature. It had similar things. It was more aimed at like academic books or scientific books. So I had to figure out how to modify. I had to do some modifications essentially to the template I was using to suit my needs. So that was kind of challenging and different. The other thing that was different was just I'm... I'm having to go through the final sort of page proof process. And there's all of these things that you kind of take for granted if you're working with a traditional publisher. I mean, you, you have to write the front material, but they handle where it goes. They sort of take the book, mm -hmm. each chapter is sort of a separate document in many cases. And then they say, okay, write your foreword um, and write your acknowledgements and things like that. And they handle putting it all in. And they handle things like the fact that the first page of the book is... Uh, of the actual content of the book, chapter one is usually page number one. And the page before that is page number something in Roman numerals, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, they handle all of that. The Whatever tools they use handle it, I should, I should say. But you don't handle it, right? You're just worried about chapter by chapter. Uh, they handle all of those page numbers and how it's all referenced. And you have to think about that when you're doing, uh, if you want it to look right and not look sort of amateurish, you have to think about all of those things that you didn't have to before. So I had to, I took a crash course in all of that too. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm not at my first page proof. I already generated a page proof 
and then went through and realized, oh, there's a mistake here, there's a mistake here, that even though I went literally word by word in a digital version of the page proof to catch mistakes and there's you know various formatting mistakes or other things that you would catch there, there were just mistakes that you don't see until it's printed on paper, uh, in particular with margins and spacing and, and that sort mm -hmm. of thing. So uh, you mentioned notes. So you, you um, you're thinking footnotes there and, and that kind of thing? Or does I have a question about how, how to do footnotes? Well, it, no, footnotes would be a separate thing. In fact, LaTeX has a whole, it makes it super simple for footnotes. In fact, you just go to a section of the text and, and where you want the footnote yeah. to be, that the footnote is referencing, and there's a tag called footnote. And you add the tag and say yeah. what the content of that footnote is, and it automatically handles putting it at the bottom of the page in the footer, um, numerates it, and everything. I mean, it's LaTeX is incredibly powerful mm. for that. It makes it very once you basically learn the syntax, it's like learning HTML or learning Markdown or any other sort of text formatting language. Mm -hmm. Once you you have to learn the words to use or the syntax. Once you learn mm -hmm. that, it's really it's really fast. I mean, you get a text editor open, and you're just you know it's you just use that syntax. And so yeah, it handles footnotes fine. Yeah, I was talking about sometimes in a tech book, you will open it. And the author just wants to tell you, like has some sort of aside that they want to tell you about something. Okay. And some of them, they'll put like a little, yeah. some tech publishers will put like a little um, light bulb next to it or something like that, you know. Yeah, or a, a sidebar is what they use. Yeah, like a sidebar. Like, you know. Yeah, and some of them are warnings. Yeah. You know, they have different, they will have a different format for a warning versus a note. Um, I just mm -hmm. wanted something like that. And this particular template didn't have that baked in. So I had to figure out how to use what they did have and modify it so that it looked good for a note. So I could just say, add a note tag, essentially, and it did what I wanted. Mm -hmm. uh, it's interesting to me that, I mean, you, all this, not all this, I guess most of it anyway, uh, is what you wrote for Linux Journal, which is a, we didn't have footnotes, for example, or side notes for the most part in there. Sometimes we had illustrations. Um, and I, I imagine in your case, of course, you had blocks of code you could put in mm -hmm put in there. So that was part of the convention. Um, we also didn't, we had copy editing early on and for a long time, and then gradually that went away. And we pretty much had to, as, as the magazine shrank a bit, at least in terms of personnel, we had to do more and more of our own editing. So I'm wondering if, if in editing through these things, you've what adjustments you made, how much did you add? How much did you say, I could have said it better this way or, um, or whatever. I'm oh, just yeah. curious. Because I'm doing the same thing, by the way. I, I, I wrote for Linux Journal from 1996 to 2019. And, you know, a lot of this stuff doesn't survive very well, but some of it does. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's a great question because there's a couple different aspects of that. So the first one was, like this in the simplest one, is going through and um, especially because these were all from my column. I think almost every, yeah. every piece was from my column. And so the first place is there's all these references to in my last column, I dot, 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 you know, that sort of thing. Oh, yeah, or yeah, in yeah, yeah, Or yeah, even yeah. in this article, <laughs> I do this, you know. Yeah. And so all of uh, just first pass is replace all of that with either take away in my last column or if it's if I am referencing something that I am also publishing in this book, which in many cases happened, I would say in section section name. I say yeah, this, you know, sure. or in the, in in this section, I will do whatever. So, so you you do. I imagine one way to approach that is when you have them all in one in the single document, um, search for the word column and make exactly. sure that that doesn't 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and so that that's part of it. The other thing is, you know, I so I this book is so maybe to back up a little bit. This book is specifically for sysadmin related articles, and so um, mm-hmm. like the the sort of the subtitle to it is Sys- is Linux admin crash course because when I realized when I was reading through all of this, is it's not. It, it's not like I'm buying a book, like you, you would have a book that's start to finish. Here's the start to finish how to for, for Linux administration. I've already written that book <laughs> for a different publisher, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. Instead, this is more like when I was reading through it and the way I organized it, it really felt more like, and especially the way that, because my column is written very directly to the reader, you know, it's almost more like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I likened it, and I even put this in the, in the book, I likened it more to working working with a senior administrator somewhere like a someone who with at a senior level who you sit down with them over lunch and they will share over a lunch conversation oh here's by the way here's this project i was working on and here's how this worked back then and sort of like mm-hmm. sharing like a mentor sort of sharing their something that they worked on in the past or a tip that's very useful or that sort of thing and so I tried to organize the book sort of along those lines. So for example, like the first chapter is just sort of one-on-one level um, fundamental type things. But then later on, I sort of organized it into tools or um, how to set up home servers, because that's a useful thing if you're just getting started, um, or projects that I worked on. So yeah, one of the other things I needed to go through is, of course, make sure everything was still relevant. Um, There were were a number of articles Mm -hmm. that were on the subject of administration that I didn't include just because they were outdated or they, they weren't relevant and it wasn't worth updating them. How it, That's the other part of it. Like it was, it was about a technology that was at a point in time, popular at a point in time that just wasn't necessarily relevant anymore. Um, for the most part though, I mean, I didn't really need to do that. Most of the things were, I, I was, as I was reading through it, there was, there was, was a little bit of updating, but in some cases I made a point of saying, uh, I'm not going... I might reference, for example, some old version of Ubuntu or Debian or some old kernel, and I intentionally leave that in there. Uh, one because it mm. doesn't really matter; it's not really it's not related to that. It's not you know it's just a version. I w- I'm not going to artificially make it seem like I'm talking about something from last year when it, when the the actual content's the same or the steps are the same or whatever. It's still relevant either way. So I kept a lot of that. I also was trying to because it's a collection of articles. Um, I didn't want to change the language too much, you know, and pretty like if, you know, try to make it too different from the original article um, other than things where it would take you out of the fact that you're reading a book and it says in this column or whatever, you know, things like that. Did you change the dates? I mean, did, did you like put in the, I, I wrote this in, in 2014 or 2019, that kind of That's thing. one thing I didn't, I didn't, um, I had considered doing sort of like a, either a footnote or a bibliography section that each section mm-hmm. is an article um, that's in Linux journal. And I was, cons- I strongly considered having a bibliography that showed that had a, a hyperlink to the web version. At the end, I decided mm-hmm. not to just because one, I don't control whether that URL is alive forever. Um, mm-hmm. And two, in some cases I did update the article or change the article a bit and I, in the book and I wanted the book to sort of stand alone and be a, like the reference. Yeah, yeah, and and I, when um, when when the magazine was killed, it's I mean it's the website is still alive. Uh, but one reason it's alive is that 
I leaned on them so hard to make sure that whoever they sold it to or whatever they did, that they would keep those things going. But Catherine's pointed out that they're running old Drupal. And at some point, at <laughs> some point, it probably is going to go down. Nothing on the web lasts forever. The internet's a whiteboard, you know, but and a library is not. And that's an important difference. Yeah. I'm sitting in a library here. I, we can see each other. Of course, the, the listeners can't, but um, uh, th- this is in a house where the occupants were, uh, one of them is still alive, the other one's gone. Nothing in this library is since 1990. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's, all, it's all old stuff. And, and it looks it. And, and when you pick, pick, pick something off the shelf and it's kind of like, wow, this is from 1978, I, you know, it's, uh, but I, th- I, 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 I was thinking too, if I, if I make a book out of all my Linux journal pieces, which I actually have organized. I mean, the only thing I've curated well are, fo- are photographs and articles I've written and I do it chronologically. So, um, I can go back and find these things and, um, but I don't know if I made a book out of them, I would date them. I like, like you have, I just, because it is kind of relevant. It'll, it'll place it in time. But, you know, it's, it's important stuff, whatever it is. If, if it is important, it's worth treating it as important on its own, on its own well, merits. And in your case, if you're talking like about either like a personal essay or a thought piece, or, you know, a lot of the things that you were writing or are, are tied more directly into a point in time or some, there's some sort of... Yeah, a lot of them were. I mean, yeah. in that case, that's something that could, I, in book form, it probably would be best handled by just having a, in the beginning of that section you would have in some sort of italicized block, sort of a note from the author to the reader of, of setting, setting right. up the context. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, this was published yeah. in... Two- this is the first of five successive years of the Linux laptop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which you finally yeah. make. I, I, have to, I have to say, though, at the very end of the process, there was this really laborious part of reading through every page. Like I had it, I created, you know, yeah. a digital page proof and wanted to read through and catch any formatting errors or any mistakes and that sort of thing. And just, and also just read word by word. I mean, this is part of the process. You know, you also mm-hmm. typically would have a, you know, a proofreader would also do this in this case, because we had already published these things. I just went through and just mostly were looking for mistakes, but I have to say, like, I, I really got, even though it was a lot of, it took like a whole weekend of me just reading, you know, it's a 200 page book. So I'm reading a 200 page book over the course of a weekend. Uh, but I actually, I mean, I really, I actually really enjoyed it. There was, there were all these different mm. sections where at one point I was like, yeah, it's, these are older articles, but I was like, no, this is still relevant. This is still good. Or this is still, for example, in some cases I even, mm. there was one article in particular that even though the technology that it was referring to, like, I think it was about pixie booting, even though there's a lot of things these days that are, that are a little different from that, that you would might approach it differently. I still kept it in there because I, I, realized, no, this is this as a point in time reference to how things were done then was really valuable, you know, and I and note things that maybe wouldn't apply today or not. But like just walking through the process of how to do it was value is, is had value um, when I was reading. But yeah, I, I mean, it was amazing how many of I mean, almost basically everything was still relevant, relevant, which I knew because, again, I I looked through this more than anybody else. I, I've I reference my Linux journal articles from my own sort of hyperlinks that I maintain um, mm-hmm. all the time, and but I realize you know no one else knows where those uh, where those articles are or that they exist on a particular topic, 
um, unless they do some sort of search somewhere for it and it happens to come up. So it's good to have it all in one place, I guess. Do, do you edit for a printout by any, by any chance? I mean, did you print it out? Because I found it when I look at something, when it's printed, I catch so much more than I catch when I'm looking at the electronic version. Yeah, what I did was I um, did sort of a full screen tablet mode thing. So I, when I read mm. through word for word, I did it. I mean, I'd already read through it so many times. But I did it um, sort of in page proof, where full screen on a page where I'm scrolling through it kind of situation. Um, I do, I mean, I did do page proofs, of course, separately. That's part of the process too. But I, I didn't read page by page, word for word in the printed book um, at that point. Mm. Like I basically did like the really laborious part of it um, before the page proof phase. I'm I'm wondering if we could talk a little bit about so I'm I'm guessing most people that are listening to this conversation right now have not written ten tech books. In fact, if they, if they have, please email us because you, you we probably want to talk to you. But most people actually, right? if someone has and that's I'm, listening, I actually if you could connect them with me, I'd like to talk about to talk to them for a sort of a, a separate reason. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if it. I, I would, yeah, exactly. I, you know, anybody who has written a bunch of tech books is, is somebody that we that we would get along with. <laughs> so, but if you haven't, right, and and there are a lot of people out there working in tech or that have have an idea for a book, and I'm wondering. So, if I'm one of those people, I'm thinking, okay, well, this is this is easy because it's Kyle, and and he's you know he's got all he's he's been there, done that on a lot of this. But I'm just wondering how daunting the idea of self publishing would be for somebody who hasn't had this much publishing experience. And I wonder, you know, what one might do to get over that fear or anxiety. Well, that's funny because, I mean, so I'm actually writing a new book, <laughs> literally, like... Oh, right. We're, we're going to tease that. Right now. Um, because when I started doing this, in particular doing the self-published route, I had a, the first thing I, I heard from a lot of people were, oh, you figured all of that out. Could you write down what you learned? And so, because <laughs> I want to do it too. Could you just like document that for me? And I realized, oh, you know, there is a book there. And so like- Yeah, and a subject for a future podcast. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not going to get too much into it other than other than to say, yeah, I'm actually working on a, on a book right now that will walk through how to write a tech book. But um, as far as, you know, if someone's starting from scratch, I think there's a lot of value if, if it's your first tech book of at least trying the traditional publishing route first just because they guide you. I mean, you know, the book I'm going to write is going to guide people through the whole process, but just having a human being sitting there with you, like, because you get assigned an editor who is also, mm -hmm. you know, has a vested interest in the success of the book, who is guiding you through every step of the process and answering questions and help you, especially if you're not a professional writer, help you with writing quality. Because just because you know information about a topic doesn't necessarily mean you can explain it clearly to other people and they can often help you with your writing to make things clearer you know yeah i would actually be really curious just as an aside to maybe talk to somebody from lulu right i'm looking at their website and just kind of looking at some of their stats and it says they have a timeline it says in 2019 they paid out over 100 million in author revenue wow. i'd kind of i'd be curious to know what their author demographics look like like how many of them are first-time authors mm -hmm. how many are people like you who've, who've gone the traditional publishing route before and now decided to go it on their own and i i would imagine if you have your uh, a significant online audience for example that you can 
promote to, it would make sense to go straight here, right? Let's say you have a food blog and you want to publish a cookbook. Mm-hmm. Why not? Um, but for, for tech, I don't know. Like maybe if you have a tech blog, but have never written a book, it does make sense for a first time author. Well, I mean, it's, it's funny, like the promotional side, these, at least these days, um, and not just in tech publishing, but just in publishing in general, there's a there's an expectation that the author is going to do a lot of the heavy lifting when it comes to promotion. You know, mm-hmm. like they're even publishers, you know, outside of tech, considering authors for books will often look at their online presence and whether they have a large enough online presence to be able to market the book for the publisher, mm-hmm. you know, effectively. Uh, yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. Like that's, yep. it, which is crazy because a lot of people say, but you know, if you self-publish, you're not going to get the benefit of the promotional power of the publisher. And, and I said, and that's, that's true in the case of getting a physical book on certain bookstore shelves, definitely, because they have mm-hmm. those relationships and can do that. Um, in terms of uh, promoting it outside of that, you know, getting the word out about your book, it really depends, you know, I mean, they, they will do stuff like they will do certain things. There's certain levels of it, but it also depends on the publisher. You know, some you might just get as far as they will tweet about it a couple of times um, and they will get they have a stable of people that do book reviews on various blogs and will blog about it. You know, if you already have that through your existing reach through whatever platform you have, mm-hmm. then maybe you don't need that. You know, you can already do that through who you already know. It's such an interesting thing because, again, there are so many people out there that feel like they have a book in them and they just just haven't, you know, made it over that well, hurdle. And there's so many book ideas that aren't necessarily – the same with, like, movies, right? Like, the, like we could have a whole conversation mm-hmm. about how movies are really – they all have to be blockbusters now. So there's not as much room for things mm. that aren't sort of blockbuster worthy. Uh, but – and there – and. Because there's all of the upfront investment on the publisher's side to get a book published, you know, they're going to naturally be choosier about the topics they cover and and be very cautious about publishing something that maybe doesn't have a guaranteed, uh, that that doesn't look really strong for having success based on mainstream um, interest in a topic. But, you know, at least what I'm, I have a lot of, what I realize is part of in the reason I piloted this one is I have a lot of book ideas in me that I would love to see that I don't necessarily know whether they're mainstream enough, you know, that to get huge support. But if the overhead is mostly just my personal time and a little bit of, of expense, maybe proofreading or indexing or things like that, but mostly it's just my time, then it might be worth me make, taking experiments and just sort of putting it out there. Sort of like, you know, people put similar effort into their, you know, like a sub stack or, you know, whatever things that they're doing on the mm-hmm. side um, or podcasts or all these other things that, you know, people have all these content yeah. ideas and put them out there. And if you know how, if you have a guide to walk you through the self-publishing process or, or just like the writing process in general, what it's like to write a book, and then you can decide, do I want to pr- maybe start with the traditional publisher, see if you get any uptake? And if not then you know that you have this to fall back on. And if it works out for you, then you can do it more. Like that's what this book is almost like a trial run for me to, to see what the process is like, see how fast it could be. Um, in this case, you know, I already had the content written. So, you know, that, that part, that long part of the process was already done. Um, so it was just like the final phases of it that I could do. And so as a result, I was able to get it done in a, in a matter of a couple of weeks, I think, I, from the moment we, I was telling, talking to you, Catherine, about Yeah, it was it. very quick. <laughs> I'm thinking about doing th- a thing. Oh, next day it's done. <laughs> that's what it felt like to me. <laughs> yeah, and and all that's because the, the I mean the content was already written in LaTeX. You know, if yeah. you've done the the thing about knowledge is you know if 
if I were learning my first foreign language, it would be very difficult. If I'm learning my fourth foreign language, it's not as bad, you know, because there's all these similarities. And the same thing was like learning LaTeX. If I had never done any document formatting languages in my life, it would pr probably be pretty tricky. If I'd never formatted text for a book as well, it would be pretty difficult. But learning it from right. scratch, already knowing HTML and already knowing all these other document formatting languages and already doing sort of mouse-based GUI formatting for other publishers, it wasn't as bad as it, it wasn't a huge learning curve. It's just mapping in HTML, you would say this, but in LaTeX, you would say this. Well, there's going to be many more books coming from this guy. Uh, this is clear. Obviously. <laughs> you well, got me I mean, wanting to, 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 I mean, I actually have the outline and I've started putting together my compendium of Linux journal pieces and I've been sort of dragging my butt on it, but you've got me energized about this. Maybe I should. You should. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, once you have it in a text document. Um, yeah, in a single a text single, document. Just like a single text document, going through and turning that into, like, turning that into a high quality book PDF with, with something like LaTeX isn't that bad. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's text markup. If you've done any HTML, yeah. it's, not, it's very similar. Or you can, again, there's all these other GUI things, formats like a word, word things that you can do too. But the quality I got from this LaTeX book template was just mind-blowing. I was very impressed from the, from the get-go. Just doing a sample chapter was, was amazing. And they have a lot of handy links to people who you can uh, hire out to do some of those. Oh, yeah, too. definitely. <laughs> I'm clicking around their site as we're talking. I have to check um, it out. Interesting. Interesting definitely. stuff. I'm, I'm still, by the way, completely mind blown that it was Bob Young that started. Oh, no. <laughs> but it, it makes sense. It makes it complete makes sense. sense. It's really because great. this, you know, somebody like Bob, you and Bob Young have quite a bit in common, right? You know, you're, <laughs> you're, you're in the same kind of universe, open source technology. Yeah. You're, you have the same itch to scratch. So it, it kind of, you know, it kind of makes sense that you would kind of come for full circle in this way because, um, yeah, the, the motivations of a tech author are slightly different than, than I think, um, everybody else, but it looks like it works out for, for a lot of people. I can definitely see a lot of self-published cookbook authors here. Yeah. I'm spend a little more time checking it out because I'm just curious. Well, but, in the ease of use of yeah. it, I mean, for the same reason that, for example, some people for their family might do, might create a custom calendar, you know, like there's all these sites mm -hmm. that do custom mm -hmm. calendars. Of course, Lulu does that too. But someone, for example, who wants to do a family cookbook full of family recipes, or maybe, you know, there's always that one mm -hmm. family member mm -hmm. that's really in the genealogy. Family reunion yeah. cookbook. Or that's really family in the genealogy. Mm -hmm. For instance, you always have that one family mm -hmm. member who keeps track of, you know, their you know, right. going back yeah. or whoever. I mean, this is a great platform. They, they make it very easy to do. I could see, even if you don't publish it to the public, just they have things where mm -hmm. you can just privately publish a book and print out a couple of coffee, you know, 10 copies for yourself to hand out to your family, that kind of thing. You know, and it's, it's pretty straight. Yeah. Once you climb the initial learning curve, like I, at this point, to me, it's the speed of writing. You can expect this next book I'm working on to be done and published. That's the other thing, done and published quickly. I mean, it's basically the speed at which I can write it and, you know, edit it and do all of that sort of thing. But the, the publishing part of it now is like super fast. And, and you buy them on the Lulu site? Is that the deal? Um, so they have a couple uh, of different ways you can do it. Uh, they have global, they have distribution through Amazon and Barnes and Noble and that sort of thing. However, you as the author get the the best, uh, the highest percentage of royalties if they if, if someone hmm. buys it through the Lulu site, which is different. Usually I with see. a usually with a traditional publisher, it's all the same. The publisher sells it to all bookstores basically right. for like a essentially half MSRP, you know, 
and then mm -hmm. the bookstore decides how much to sell the book for. Uh, but that doesn't what the royalties go to the author based on what the publisher sold it. Well, Lulu does that similar thing if you buy it from Amazon or uh, whoever else, uh, where you get less. Mm -hmm. But it's actually beneficial to the author to buy it through Lulu. Um, but also, uh, they have other publishing options that you don't have if you publish from someone else. So, for example, the way that I did my book, um, I wanted to have a premium version of it. I wanted to have sort of a standard, low cost. Um, you want a physical book, and it's you know, it, and it's good quality, but it's not like super premium. And so, I I wanted a, a, a standard sort of soft cover textbook or a tech book. And so that's the global distribution. You can find that everywhere. But I also realized, you know, I like physical books a lot. And I like, you know, I like to, to hold like a quality book. And so I wanted to offer, a, I know there's other people like me that if you're buying a physical book, it's because you like books. Uh, and so I created a, they have the option to make a premium version of it. And so instead of just saying that's the default, everyone has to just buy the, the, you know, the hardcover premium print version. I, that's a, that's just an option for me. So I'm going to sell like a nice hardcover, heavier weight paper, you know, nicer paper, higher print quality um, specifications and things like that uh, for, you know, still a reasonable price. But I think I'm going to target, I think, for $39. Um, same content, mm -hmm. but just like a nicer feel and a nicer, you know, a, a hardcover book. But then also do an ebook. Um, so both the ebook and the hardcover are just gonna, going to be through Lulu. Um, mm -hmm. and then the standard, like the sort of the standard edition of the book will be both through them and through traditional booksellers. Wow. I know it's, 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 it's tempting now, spinning. right? I can this see is, the wheels uh, spinning. This is great. Yeah. So yeah, at the moment, okay. like I said, the moment that I actually get a final page proof that I, that it, I think is approved, then, I mean, that's the main thing that it's waiting on right now. I mean, possibly even by the time that our conversation here goes live. Um, it will be online available for sale. I just want to make sure that I'm I'm really happy with the final printed version before I do that. I, I will I will add a link to it when the link is available. So all right. So whenever you're listening to this, either uh, if it's out, great, and if it's not, come back, come back and look at the list of links because it'll be there. So. Well, cool. I think, uh, wow, this is this has been really cool. I think I hope that the people listening are kind of inspired now to get their own uh, authoring wheels going too. Really? I'm inspired. Doc's inspired. Um, thanks, thanks. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm inspired. I tell you, I, I, I like have the writing bug again where for a while I was doing some writing, but it's like blog posts and that sort of thing, a little bit of things. But I, I mean... I'm sort of riding the wave of this motivation, like getting through this book is like doing this book and like, wait, this is really accessible. I have all of these ideas that I realize I could bring to, I could bring to life relatively quickly with relatively low effort other than the writing process. So yeah, I mean, you can expect quite a few more books from me, at least as long as I ride this, this wave of, of motivation. That's awesome. Well, good. Yeah. I grab a hold of that and, uh, stretch it as far as it'll exactly. go i need to borrow some of that i think occasionally oh uh, cool anyway thank you thank you kyle thanks doc thanks everyone for listening um and uh if you are also an author get in touch we want to talk to you yeah kyle yeah. probably does too. So, yeah. until next time yeah.